Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. I am Mark Morell, aka Mark Knight, also known to the whole world as the Night Buster, as so coined and coronated and crowned and delivered by the world boss Dietrich Davis, the most influential man in wrestling, as coined by many others who follow my in-ring career. My co-host Dietrich Davis is taking care of some business and I want to wish you guys a happy new year. 2021 is an era of new beginning and I figured let me jump in and start off with something special. And of course, if you're tuning in to the podcast, we thank you for doing just that. We appreciate that more than anything else in the world. And we want you guys to understand that we do appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite streams, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbeam, CastBox Addict. Excuse me, CastBox. These are tuned in and Podcast Addict. I had rope those around a little bit so bear with me on that ladies and gentlemen so let me get right down to it i want to talk about what's going on the title of this special i call this one the john moxley solution now the reason why i call this the john moxley solution is because as wrestle kingdom is getting ready to come up john moxley is not going to be there John Moxley's not going to be there for night one. John Moxley's not going to be there for night two. John Moxley is the current reigning undefeated with a title defense of two and old this year as the IWGP US heavyweight champion. Here lies the issue. I mentioned this in other podcasts, previous podcasts. You'll hear it in post-podcasts. You might have heard it in post-podcast. What to do or what can New Japan Pro Wrestling do to rectify the John Moxley conundrum over the U.S. Championship? And it's simple. And I'm going to get right into it. John Moxley, since winning the U.S. Championship from the Myrtle Hawk Monster, Lance Archer, at last year's Wrestle Kingdom, was a big deal because he was stripped of the title. Juice Robinson and Lance Archer fought to declare a new champion considering that Moxley could not come into the country to defend the title due to circumstances beyond his control he could not come in to defend the belt he also had his obligation as the AEW heavyweight champion he had his obligations so now my question is this once he won the title on night one, 
versus Lance Archer. He went on to defend the belt against Juice Robinson on night two. On night two, he retained the title versus Juice. Then, going into the new beginning, he defeated Minoru Suzuki in a superstar dream match for the U.S. Championship. It was a great match. Probably, it should be or could be considered one of the matches of the year for 2020 because you got to see Minoru Suzuki, the king, take on John Boy, as he likes to call him, or as he was calling him during this time. Calling him out for being a garbage wrestler, calling him out for being a sports entertainer, calling him out for being all these things. Where Moxley was testing himself when he went on to clash and to defend the U.S. belt against Minoru Suzuki. The pandemic hit, and what happens? John Moxley could not defend the U.S. championship. Fast forward, New Japan Pro Wrestling of America created a show called New Japan Strong, and it was going to feature, and it featured all of the Young Lions in the LA Dojo, all of the foreign talent that was wrestling in the LA Dojo, Jeff Cobb, Tamatanga, Kenta, Jay White, Recently, they just signed Justin Gabriel. They got Rocky Romero. They have Fred Dozier. They have um, Brody King from um, ROH. They have Carl Fredericks, who just graduated from the Young Lion system in the LA Dojo. You have... What's the big motherfucker's name? They just put him up there. He looks like my man from God of War. Kratos. J.R. Kratos. You have all these guys there. David Finley. You know? Uh, Alexander Kozlov, if he decides to get in the ring. Danny Limelight who's bouncing back and forth between AEW. These are all independent wrestlers that are not under contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Most of them are under contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. But here's the dilemma. Because New Japan Strong promotes American talent, John Moxley can't wrestle in the studio out in Los Angeles to defend the IWGP U.S. heavyweight title. So now, they create the New Japan Cup USA. Great concept, great tournament. And the first person to win the tournament, to win the cup, Kenta. Couldn't go wrong with that. Happy that Kenta won the tournament. Kenta's one of my um, favorite guys. Doing his thing. Can't go wrong with that. Kenta. 
has successfully defended the briefcase not once, not twice, not just three times. But he will be defending it again at Wrestle Kingdom. What's ironic is that he was supposed to defend the title against Juice Robinson. But Kenta concussed Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson will be missing Wrestle Kingdom for the first time since 2013 when he debuted as a young lion. Juice Robinson will not be competing for anything at Wrestle Kingdom this year. Taking his place is the 50-year-old strong arm Satoshi Kojima. And I think this is going to be a very interesting bout between Little K and Satoshi Kojima. Bullet Club versus Bread Club. This is going to be a dynamic match. I'm intrigued by both wrestlers. I'm intrigued by both talents. I'm going to start off with Kenta. In previous podcasts, I mentioned that if New Japan Pro Wrestling was looking to build another Japanese ace, that man is Kenta. And the reason why I think he should be the new Japanese ace for the company, simple. He has an appeal. He's recognizable. He's been on American television. Although he's been on American television, he wasn't used right on American television. He was always hurt, sitting on the shelf, sitting on the reserves in NXT. Had an auspicious main roster debut, went back to NXT, but remained hurt, didn't turn heel in NXT. They weren't using him right, so he left. Kenta can speak proper English. He can speak it clear. Kenta, when he came back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, he joined the G1 Climax in 2018. Went on and turned full-fledged heel against Katsuyori Shibata attacking Chaos Goto Ishii and Yoshihashi turned on them Shibata came out he attacked Shibata he joined Bullet Club he goes on to win the Never Openweight Championship has a strong run with the never open weight title. Only to drop the belt. And did a damn good job. He cuts promos. His promos are interesting. His promos are funny. His promos are thought provoking. He's done a lot of good shit with those promos. And he cuts them both in English and in Japanese. 
he should be the U.S. heavyweight champion right now. But now, let's go to Satoshi Kojima. 50 years old, still in the best shape of his life, still can go. Challenged Kenta as he took the place of Juice Robinson during this run right about now, during Wrestle Kingdom season. Let's run down Kojima's pedigree. New Lion Cups winner in the early 90s. He's of the third generation along with Tenzan, Manabu Nakanishi, Yuji Nagata. He was a part of NWO Japan, NWO Typhoon. Him and Tenzan, Tenkozi, the most decorated, most celebrated tag team champions in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. I believe that they are the record-holding IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. They are multiple-time World Tag League champions. He's a multiple-time World Tag League holder. He is a G1 Climax winner. He is an all-Japan triple crown heavyweight champion. He is a multiple-time all-Japan triple crown heavyweight champion. He is a World Tag League winner. He is a World Tag Team champion. He is a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. He is a two-time NWA, excuse me, NWA World's Tag Team Champion. He and Hiroshi Tenzan are the only tag team to hold not only the tag belts, but the World's Heavyweight Championship on separate occasions. So you can't go wrong with that. And he is a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion. In his very last title defense, he lost the title to Hiroshi Tanahashi. So let's get down to it. He takes the place of Juice Robinson for this up-and-coming Wrestle Kingdom event. And it's going to be a very interesting match. You got the King's Road and the navigation style of Noah and the NXT style going up against Strong Style and King's Road with Kojima and Kenta facing off with each other for the briefcase, for the right to challenge John Moxley for the title. Now, if either man wins... Then lies the problem. Because of the pandemic, John Moxley can't fly into Japan. John Moxley had just announced that he and his wife are expecting. He's still the number two contender to the world's heavyweight title in AEW. 
but he is still the U.S. heavyweight champion for New Japan. Lance Archer wants a shot at him. And I'm quite sure other wrestlers in All Elite Wrestling would love to have a shot against John Moxley. But I have a solution. And I've been saying this since the summer of 2020. What do you do about the U.S. Heavyweight Championship? Simple. Tony Khan, if you are listening. Nick and Matt Jackson, if you're listening to the sound of my voice. Cody Runnels, if you're listening to the sound of my voice. Tyson Smith, Kenny Omega, if you're listening to the sound of my voice. The solution is real simple. Bring Kenta into All Elite Wrestling. Have him feud with Kenta on AEW television leading up to one of your really big pay-per-views where you can have John Moxley defend the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship on the card. And here's why I say this. Everyone now sees this clear picture, this clear vision of the walls of wrestling starting to bridge together. Fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling that do watch All Elite Wrestling want to see New Japan Pro Wrestling talent wrestle on All Elite Wrestling and they want to see All Elite Wrestling's talent wrestle on New Japan cards. Moxley, Miro, Lance Archer, Kenny Omega, and various other talents have deals in their contracts that they can still wrestle in Japan. Miro can wrestle for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Lance Archer, if he wants to, he can still wrestle for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kenny Omega, if he could, he would want to wrestle for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I know he can wrestle for DDT. He could possibly might want to wrestle for All Japan, but it's New Japan Pro Wrestling where many people are starting to see this whole persona of Kenny Omega becoming the collector of belts so that he can walk into these promotions like what he's doing right now with Impact Wrestling, AAA. He's the mega champion. He's the AEW champion. He's going to become the Impact champion. Mark my words. He's going to win the Impact heavyweight title. And he's going to go to Japan. And what I see happening is that whoever walks out of Wrestle Kingdom as the IWGP double crown champion, look for Kenny Omega to somehow be in the midst of that picture. Because I'm starting to see this is how Kota Ibushi is going to wind up becoming 
the double crown champion. I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. But this is what I think. But however, let me reel it back in to the U.S. title. You bring Kenta into All Elite Wrestling. You bring Kenta into All Elite Wrestling and have him challenge John Moxley for the title. Have him feud against Moxley on AEW television. Why? Because Moxley can't go to Los Angeles and wrestle on New Japan Strong. But why not have Kenta come to AEW? Now, a lot of people are going to jump on and say, well, they should strip Moxley of the belt. Okay, they strip Moxley of the belt. Moxley has to FedEx the belt back to Japan. Or he can just FedEx the belt to Shibata and Rocky for the American office for New Japan, USA. And then they can have the belt there inside of the LA Dojo and they can run the match, a tournament where the winner of the tournament faces Kenta or who's ever the briefcase holder, have them face off and they crown the U.S. champion that way or back to solution number one which I think is the most logical solution. You have Kenta come to All Elite Wrestling. You have him come to Daly's Place. You have him get on the microphone since, however, the Bullet Club is going to ease its way into AEW. Why not bring Little K? Why not bring Little K to be the one to call out John Moxley. Fuck, you can have Kenta and Eddie Kingston go at it a few times. You can have Kenta and maybe Cody go at it. Just warm-up matches. You can have Cody, I mean Kenta and, and Dustin go at it. You could do some stuff along the way. Kenta and Hangman Page. Hmm, interesting. You do that. And then you have him call out Moxley. Moxley comes down from the arena backstage. And he comes with the U.S. belt. They face off with each other. You have Rocky Romero as a representative from New Japan, USA. You have... Maybe Shibata. And you do the match. For the first time, the IWGP heavyweight title, US title, defended on AEW television. You let the National Wrestling Alliance Women's World's title be defended on AEW television. You have the current NWA ranked number one, ranked number two, and possibly the ranked number three challenger for the Women's World Championship in All Elite Wrestling. So why can't you not bring in Kenta for the title? You brought in Don Callis to help with this angle for Kenny to be the belt collector, to be the cleaner 
You bring him in for that, and that's working. Bring in Kenta. And follow that little program right there. Have him take on the various wrestlers, which can be a challenge. Not only to him, but those that have history with John Moxley. Have Kenta beat them decisively. And then have Kenta sit in the ring, Shibata style, talking game to rile up John Moxley. Sets up the match. You do tag matches, preview matches, stuff like that. And then you set up the pay-per-view match. The U.S. Championship defended on pay-per-view. That would be a big deal because that's a pay-per-view style match. And you can have the match sanctioned by New Japan Pro Wrestling where John Moxley defends the U.S. title against Kenta. And the world would be a much better place. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's my solution for the John Moxley special. I thank you for tuning in, and I thank you for supporting this podcast. If you like this episode, please tune in on your favorite streams, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox, Deezer, tuned in, Podcast Addict. Follow Dietrich Davis. Email him at Team DDDOD, Team DDDOD at gmail.com. You can email Mark Morell at markamorell at gmail.com. Follow us on our social medias, M double seventy four XM Nightbuster on Twitter, M double seventy four on Instagram, Mark at Morell on Facebook. Do that. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. If you like this episode, please let us know what's happening. Let us know what you think. We need your support. We want the support. As we build up our listeners, as we continue to be the greatest podcast in all seven solar spheres, we're about to give you the business in 2021 like we're going to do. Guaranteed. We thank you for supporting what we do. And like Dietrich mentioned, um, in the episodes prior to this, soon me and him will be face-to-face, reunited, and feeling oh so good. Giving you guys some visual content as well as we do the podcast. So you get to see all the chicanery. Hopefully, you won't see me napping on the job. <laughs> but nonetheless, we'll get to do what we do. And we thank you guys for tuning in and supporting wrestlers with experience i am mark morell and i am out of here enjoy yourselves be good and um by the way uh before we um close out i just want to dedicate this episode to several people of course you know a year ago you know that Brody lee passed away so to him we say thank you danny hodge we say thank you to Adolfo um, Shabadu Quinones of the Lockers from Breaking and Breaking 2. Uh, Joe Clark, 
the principal from Patterson, New Jersey, Esau High School, and to the rapper MF Doom, who passed away two months ago. This episode is for you guys. I'm Mark Morell, and I'm out of here.